You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. One night, I came around the corner of uh, 3rd Avenue, and it was snowing. There was Billy outside shoveling snow away from his uh, away from his door, and uh, he was wearing a pair of boots, like rubber boots, because it was freezing. And he was completely buck naked, and uh, in the middle of the street, and shoveling away. He was very um, free, I guess didn't give a fuck about anybody else or what they thought. It was confrontational, uh, brash, and he also had a really big heart. This is Robbie Bowman, a musician friend of Billy's and the guy who went to the morgue with my mom to identify Billy's body. I went with Billy's very close friend, Robbie Bowman, to... The medical examiner. We took a cab up to the city morgue. I'd never been there before. And uh, they brought us downstairs. And there was a window with a curtain. And they opened the curtain. And he was there. And uh, he had a covering from his hairline up. There was some sort of covering. Uh, and there was a blanket from his neck down. We were seeing him in profile, and I remember thinking how hard it is to recognize somebody without their hair and without seeing them standing up. You know, your mother recognized him, and so I said I did too. What's your experience of his shooting and then eventual death. It was fishy from the start. What I was told was that uh, the police broke in. There's one guy, right? And uh, shoots him. Now, why did he shoot him? 
I don't know. But it seemed more like an execution to me. And, and, you know, I don't think anybody bought the idea that this was a legitimate arrest. And then he was in the hospital and he started to get better, which we're all amazed. And, uh, you know, the next thing we heard was that he had died because they had taken him to exercise, to the exercise room. He needed exercise, apparently. Hmm. We knew what that meant, you know, that he'd been murdered. Robbie thinks that after Billy survived the shooting, someone came to the hospital to finish the job. So that scared the shit out of everybody. And scared the shit out of me, at least. And that's, to me, that's what happened. They murdered him. It was like, oh, shit. You know, we better, like, not talk about this out loud very much. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, we better start an investigation with the newspaper or something. This is really scary. You know, if they can do that to you when you're in the hospital, it's like clear message to leave it alone. Today on the show, we ask, was there a conspiracy to murder Billy in order to keep him quiet? And we do our best to separate fact from fiction. I'm Io Tillett-Wright, and this is The Ballad of Billy Balls. Something had gone wrong. I got the impression that he had possibly killed somebody. I don't see him going for a gun against any cops. It was a revenge thing from the cops. Why did they want to kill him? That's what I don't have any idea. And that's... I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Chapter 5, Those High-Powered Lawyers. Hello? Hi, is this Mark? Yeah, who's this? Hey, Mark, my name's Io. I'm Rebecca Wright's kid. Hey, Rebecca, Io, how you doing? (laughs) Good, how are you? (laughs) I'm actually, I'm I'm a little sick. This is Mark Pines, an old friend of my mom's. Mark was the first person she called after she found out Billy had been shot. So I'm hoping he might have some answers. I am trying to figure out what the hell happened to Billy, and you are a name that keeps coming up. Oh, yeah, sure. Are you around New York right now? I am, yeah. It'd be so great to see you and hang out, definitely. Can you, you can come over? Um, I'll get us some yeah. some food sent up, and and we'll sit and we'll talk. And So my producer Austin and I go to see Mark at his apartment in the village. Because I've got like forty years worth of archives in storage rooms around the city of everything I ever shot. In the seventies and eighties, Mark worked as a video artist. 
He produced some of the first music videos for bands like Hall & Oates and Jefferson Starship and a lot of commercials. My mom modeled for him while she was pregnant with me. All these different models. We used the Ford Face of the 80s models, and I used Rebecca. And Rebecca was in, I think it was about her seventh to eighth month at the time. Rebecca and I seemed, I think we had an unspoken bond on a level that we've never tried to explain to each other, but we've just enjoyed. And of course, and, um, talking about my mom leads to talk of Billy and what happened to him. I want to hear your theories before I tell you her right, yeah. Here's from what I could piece together. I mean, Rebecca called me, you know, she called me right after it happened. Remember what she said? Pines. Pines. She just called me Pines. No, Pines. Pines. (laughs) Billy had been shot. What she told me about it was some kind of mistaken identity. They thought he was a much bigger drug person than he was. And um, he went down. I think they got him in the kidneys. And he was in the hospital. And he was hurt, but he was not critically hurt. He was going to make it. He was going to make it. And they began to realize that they had the wrong guy. And somewhere in the hospital, one of the attendants turned him over when he wasn't supposed to, opened up the wounds and caused a massive hemorrhage and he died. He died from the secondary situation. As I remember, and again, this is filtered through many years. After Billy was shot and while he was in the hospital, Mark says he did everything he could to help my mom. I tried to be there for her. She was going through all this stuff. I got them. You know, I pointed them in the direction of a lawyer. I got Mark Pines on the phone, and he told me two of the heaviest lawyers in New York City right off the bat because it was clearly a big civil suit, you know, and some horrible crime against Billy Balls. The way my mom tells it, the two heavy lawyers started building a case. Yeah, the lawyers visited Billy in the hospital. They got a testimony from him. It was a case was being brewed up. The lawyers had all the shit on paper, and the paper was evidence. We need that. We need that real bad. Right. And I need to know the names of the lawyers. Right, the fucking lawyers. It's another thing that I just can't fucking remember because my mind has just put this out, you know? But I am sure that I can figure it out. If I I talk to Mark Pines... Do you remember the lawyers that you got involved for my mom because they're... I've been thinking about that. And the lawyer for people in the village uh, was a guy named Highshore. Highshore? H-Y-S-H-O-R-E. 
Mark believes that one of the high-powered lawyers my mom was working with was a guy named High Shore. Thank you, Mark, and thank you for all of your time and researching and helping me. And this name thing. I hope that, I hope that opens up something, you know? High Shore Lawyer. Back in the studio, Austin and I search for any information about High Shore. Huh. High Shore Lawyer, State of New York. What the fuck? There's nothing. I can't find anything yeah. about a famous lawyer named High Shore. I found the name High Shore in court records. You did? At, as a defendant, as like, you know, not as a lawyer, as somebody who's being sued. That's the only time I'm, I found his name. So then that's wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Eventually, Austin manages to track down someone who worked briefly with High Shore. Hello? Hi. Is this Robert Steinberg? Speaking. The conversation doesn't reveal much, except one curious detail we just have to share. He's a good person, I'm sure. He had a, a hook on one arm. He had a hook? Yeah, he, he, he didn't have one arm. Oh, wow. And he had a, uh, a device. Um, I, do you have any thoughts about other people who might have worked with him or known him? No. All right. We need a little legal assistance. And luckily, we know who to call. He just accused me of forging a document. They're the ones that do that, Judge, not us. He's one of the best-known criminal defense and civil rights attorneys in the country. The message that comes out of this is the government is saying that it's all right for white people to go out and pick up guns and shoot black people. He's famous for defending victims of police brutality, members of the Hells Angels, and the so-called Gambino crime family. He even got a shout-out in the movie The Big Lebowski. You don't know shit, Lebowski. I want a fucking lawyer, man. I want Ron Kuby. Hello? Hey, I owe Ron Kuby. Hey, how are you? Good. So where is Billy Balls buried now? <laughs> After the break, Ron Kuby. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Do you love fashion? 
Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. So, how can I help the project? Well... I, (laughs) where do I even start? Um, I'm on the phone with civil rights attorney Ron Kuby, telling him the story of Billy Balls. And they were like, yeah, William Heitzman shot five times. Get the fuck out of here. So she then went and called a friend and he gave her the number of a high-powered lawyer. But we haven't been able to locate this lawyer. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hate it when those high-powered lawyers just evaporate. Is, is that a thing that happens? Like, what the no. fuck? No, it's, it's, it's not a thing that happens. Yeah. It, it really isn't. Do you know his name? Well, the one name we had was High Shore. Does that ring a bell for you? High Shore? I mean, I knew a lot of the high-powered lawyers in that day. Uh, It doesn't ring a bell. Have you been able to find any reference to him online? Nothing. With that, Ron gets off the phone, works some magic, and calls me back. Not too much. I.O. Ron, how are you? No, good. High Shore is dead. Long live High Shore. (laughs) High Shore, presente. (laughs) I had a feeling that was... High Shore has transitioned. (laughs) High Shore, cross the rainbow bridge. (laughs) High Shore, celebrating his blank year in heaven. Oh, good one. Thank you. One lawyer who might hold the key to everything is dead. So I keep digging with Ron, who is very much alive. So why did Billy Balls get, we're assuming he was killed by the police, right? I mean, that's what it sounds like. Well, yes, yes, there are a number, there are a number of plausible theories. Um, Really what I'd like to do is interview you in person, but I think Uh before we even get to. We'll do that. Oh, that's fine. Great. That's a yes. Um, (laughs) But uh, we have dogs here. You're good with that? I'm great with that. Very excited about that. Really, really good. Hi, everybody. Um, This is Lily. She's an 18 year old Bichon Frise. We show up to Ron's office and are greeted by three dogs, one of which is in a corner staring at the wall. No, she just can't see anything. She's just blind. So way to make fun of her disability. Hey, why don't you make fun of fucking Jack? He only has three legs. Uh, My office is in the corner there. Ron's tall with a gray goatee and long hair pulled back in a ponytail. His office walls are covered with framed photos one of which catches our eye. This photo is, is a group of Hell's Angels looking very mean and intimidating. They don't look mean. They don't look mean? No. They, they look, as one guy said to me when he was charged in a federal crime, an extortion thing, and his role was to look scary and breathe heavily, he said, what can I say? 
I look scary, and I breathe heavily. I mean, when did that become a crime? Then we sit down and start talking about Billy. Thank you for making time for us and meeting with us. We're now unpacking the history of who this person is and who he was and why this would have happened, and there have been a lot of different theories. And the, the conclusions are multitudinous, if that's a word, but uh, yeah, both of you are nodding. Great. It's a great word. So I go into the multitudinous theories, starting with how Billy may have been involved in some illegal activities. So everybody's doing drugs, everybody's up to, like, whatever degree of illicit. And how Billy knew some shit was about to go down. Weeks of Billy saying, I want to get in the wind, like, it's time to move, some, it's getting hot. And how after he got shot, he was recovering. By all accounts, was on the mend and was, like... And the city was afraid of the civil suit. She was connected with were some big-time lawyers who really thought that there was going to be a civil suit. Maybe there's some justification for the fact that, like, he was killed. What, can I, are you done? Yeah. I mean, the, the whole story is an odd story. So there's there's sort of two periods of time here. There is the period of time prior to the shooting and the shooting itself. Then there's the aftermath of the shooting and his death. So let's take the second part first, because it seems like that part is fueling a notion that he was murdered in the hospital. And so let me just try to address that. The basis of all of this appears to be the lawyer telling your mom what a great case this is. So, (laughs) every lawyer in the world who wants a civil case and wants to get retained says it's a great case. No lawyer who wants a case ever says, ah, this case is a dog. It's going nowhere. Uh, Don't waste my time. Yeah, it's a great case. It's fantastic. We'll make, you know, millions or hundreds of thousands. This is outrageous. They all say that when they want the case. But maybe High Shore was different? Yeah, I mean, I did a search history on on Mr. Shore, and let's just say that that, that High Shore is not going to topple Mr. Justice Cardozo from his lofty perch as an Anglo-American famous New York jurist. And what kind of things did you find about High Shore that make you think that? Mostly uh, he was being sued for not paying his bills and fighting over legal fees and the, the kind of stuff that tends to afflict not terribly good lawyers when they're on their way down. That's that. This is a revelation to me because the the way that my mom painted it was that the lawyers that she was connected with were some big time lawyers who really thought that there was going to be a civil suit, and that's why what happened happened. But Ron does say that it isn't always the lawyer talking up the case to try to get it. Sometimes, at first glance, a case does seem great. Wow, the cops shot this guy to death for absolutely no reason, uh, and then. You start to do some investigation, and it turns out there was a reason. I'm not saying this is what happened here. I'm saying this is what does happen in many cases. The reason was this guy had a gun, and this guy pulled a gun on a cop, and they opened up on him. Um, 
My mom insists that Billy had gotten all of the guns out of the house. Oh. <laughs> uh, so there were guns in the house. Yes. But your mother insisted that Billy had already cleaned them all out as preparatory to him disappearing because of the heat. Exactly. Maybe he got all of them out of the house except the one he kind of kept with him to deal with the problems that he thought he was facing. I mean, if, if somebody thinks they're being hunted and, and about to be attacked for their activities, legal or illegal, it does strike me as an odd move that they divest themselves of all of their firearms. Ron is just getting started. Uh, the fact that he was shot multiple times doesn't set off alarm bells. The cops are trained to shoot at the center mass to stop the attacker. The fact that he was shot in the abdomen um, and seemed to be on the mend and then died doesn't strike me as all that odd. Gut shots are very, very difficult to manage, even today. The notion that the police murdered him in the hospital, just, I mean, that strikes me as far-fetched and, and really, really unlikely. Why? Why? Because it's not what the cops did. They, you know, it's what people do in fucking movies. I mean, the cops aren't, like, doing hits in hospitals to prevent people from talking. What, what was he going to say? Okay, so Billy wakes up, and he says... I was in my own apartment, minding my own business, and the cops came in, or I walked in my apartment, and there was some undercover in a cowboy hat looking around, and I confronted him, and he shot me a bunch of times, okay? Or what if I, I've been dealing to this cop or buying from this cop, and he's okay. a dealer? Okay, yeah, I've been dealing with this cop. I've been selling drugs. He's corrupt. He came in to rob my stash. I caught him, and he shot me. Okay, wakes up and says that. Cop says, you're fucking crazy. Didn't happen. You know, I have no prior relationship with this guy, except I knew he was a drug dealer. He came in, uh, he pulled a gun, and we shot him. And if we were trying to kill him, we would have killed him. <laughs> and we didn't. We shot him. We recovered the gun. The gun's in evidence. He's just making up a story. What I mean, it's a much easier way of dealing with the problem of Billy than organizing a murder in a hospital. You just deny it. You deny everything. And in 1982, nobody was going to believe Billy Balls over the NYPD under those circumstances, especially when they claimed they had a gun. No cops got prosecuted in the 80s or 90s, for that matter, for bad shootings. I, 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 there, was, there was nothing to fear then. Murder was on the mind of a lot of people along one Harlem street this afternoon. There was a shooting and a death. As a general rule, though, even in 1982, the NYPD did not go around killing people for no reason on the cops' part. And I just want to clarify this. There were lots of, of people who were killed by the police in New York City. A Brooklyn man dead, shot 24 times by five police officers. But it was always so-called line of duty. They say self-defense. Others say no. 
And it didn't take a lot to get killed by the cops in the line of duty. Still doesn't. You know, he made a motion toward his waist. I thought he had a gun. He pulled out a shiny object. They just uh, moved back and opened fire on him. What you saw a lot of was cops just not giving much of a shit who they killed and under what circumstances. Still shot him. Still shot him. He's going to ground. How many times? Couldn't keep up with the count. But not sort of a premeditated murder or a murder in the course of the cop committing some other crime. Theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. You can always posit an outlier. You can always posit crazy cop, rogue, drunk, drug-addicted cop who's totally corrupt, who, you know, is riffling through Billy's apartment to steal drugs. Billy comes in, confronts him. The cop shoots him multiple times. For whatever reason, the cop can't finish off the final shot. He gets taken to the hospital. The cop is so uber paranoid, he's going to tell the story, and people are going to believe him because the cop, after all, is crazy. And since crazy people do crazy things, it doesn't have to make any logical sense. And then the cop engineers things to murder Billy in the hospital when he seems like on the men. Sure. Sure. And our proof of any of that is... As I understand things, you have not a single sheet of paper referencing any of this. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. I mean, if we're making shit up based on no evidence, we can make up any shit we want, and it's all consistent with the no evidence that we have. And there are answers that are attainable, at least if your claim is this was an unjustified police shooting, then one thing you would look to are the autopsy reports. That is, was he shot in the front or the back? Just kind of basic things. After meeting with Ron, it's clear that we have a lot of work to do. And it's also clear that there may not have been a crime committed against Billy. So before we leave... I ask Ron a bigger question I've been wrestling with. Knowing that the truth is very complicated, I think about my mom and the story that I've heard my whole life. And I wonder what your opinion is on the best way to protect someone like my mother in this situation. If you think that the truth is actually a weapon against someone who has lived 37 years in grief. I mean, the best way is not to do this project. Let sleeping dogs lie. Let the dead be dead. Let people continue to live out their grief in the narrative that they're attached to. Um, I mean, there's sometimes the truth is incredibly important. Um, but that doesn't mean it's always important or people always need the truth or people want the truth. And it doesn't sound like your mother particularly wants the truth. Um, and 
so I wouldn't have done this. But now that you are, I don't have a better answer. Can we come back to see you <laughs> once we have some more pieces of paper? Sure. Find some paper, and then we'll see what we what we can make of the pieces of paper. But without pieces of paper, it's very difficult. All right, thank you, Ron. Thank you yep. for the coffee. I'll Pleasure. Call you again. Okay. What are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking that it would be very easy to be deflated by that. But I feel like now I feel all the more determined to get the actual evidence, whatever we can get our hands on. Because as unlikely as it may be, as outlier as it may be, the fact is that like, Sometimes crazy shit did happen. So I guess I'm a little bit like, I want to think about it like a lawyer where I just want to see the evidence now. Good morning. Hi there. Um, I'm trying to find out about... So I called the office of Chief Medical Examiner in New York, the morgue. Um, I'm trying to have some of his records released, and I wonder what kind of documentation we would need to do that. Do you have a death certificate? No. You don't have nothing? No, like, that's what we're trying to find. Okay. What is your relation? He was my mother's long-term boyfriend. So it's not related to you? Not by blood to me, no. But oh. she was his partner. No, we're not. You cannot, sorry. Only the, uh, the families, only the close family, they can request. Okay, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Only Billy's blood relatives can request his records. And as we understand it, his mother, his father, and his older brother are all dead. But there's someone else. Someone that could change everything. I do remember vaguely a kid at one point. Yeah. Yeah, she was a sweet little girl. Yeah, whatever happened to her? Mom, was there a daughter around then? She was the daughter of Lynn Todd, and Billy's the legal father. The daughter was two and a half when she was sent to Lynn Todd's mother in Washington State. Did they tell you her name when they first told you yeah, about sure. her? Amanda. In the next chapter of The Ballad of Billy Balls, Amanda. Crime Town is Zach Stewart Pontier and Mark Smerling. The Ballad of Billy Balls is hosted by me, Io Tillett-Wright, and made in partnership with Cadence 13. 
You can find me on the internet. I'm IO Loves You on everything. And if you want to know more about my story, pick up my memoir, Darling Days. We also want to hear from you. We have a voicemail set up for you to call us old school. Here's Mia, who had something really nice to say. I just wanted to say that it's the most enthralling, incredible story I've ever heard. And it makes me think about my own mom and how she lost um, the love of her life, my father, not because he passed away, but from mental illness. And I would do the same thing for my mom. I would want to help her heal and I would want to understand what happened in her life before I came along. If there's somebody Billy reminds you of, or you have a theory on what could have happened, or you just want to tell us your feelings, call us and leave us a voicemail at 570-392-9660. You can also get into our discussion forum on our website, theballadofbillyballs.com. The show is produced by me, Kevin Shepard, and Ryan Swikert. Our senior producer is Austin Mitchell. Editing by Zach Stewart-Pontier and Mark Smerling. Fact-checking by Jennifer Blackman. This episode was mixed and sound designed by Sam Baer. Music by Kenny Kusiak. Our title track is Dark Allies by Light Asylum. Thank you, Shannon. Archival research by Brennan Reese. Thanks to Daniela Araya, Rachel Lee Wright, Emily Wiedemann, Green Card Pictures, Alessandro Santoro, Bill Clegg, Ben Davis, Oren Rosenbaum, and the team at Cadence 13, and Slim Slam for keeping me on my toes. And of course, my mom, without whom none of this would be possible. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. 
Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper, wear it like no one else.